Welcome to N20XX. This series takes the listener, year by year, into the future. From 2040 to 2195. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, permaculture, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. In the last episode, Guru tried to escape a flooding room. Listen to the end of this episode to find out what she does next. So that capitalism won't eat itself. Most Americans aren't earning money like they used to or buying like they used to. The wealth divide has opened so broadly, rich people have gluts of money that have nowhere to go. Money that has nowhere to go is at risk of not being money anymore. Companies normally spend to produce more, but doing that is becoming pointless when consumerism shrinks. Also, a lot of professionals who lost their jobs are starting companies that compete with the major companies. A new company with a patent for a better battery only allows their batteries to be used in their standalones which allows them to take over the standalone market. Biotic loses nearly a trillion when its standalones can't compete. Other corporations take notice. The rich start pouring their money into research and development. They spare no expense. The innovation wars begin. What look like colleges and universities are new tech creation facilities. The rich want the best minds to invent and innovate. Most companies develop AI. But it requires lots of data to train AI, and AI can't handle bad data during training. AIs aren't like humans who handle bad data pretty well, all considered. If you're teaching an AI that the Holocaust did exist and that it didn't exist, that'll lead toward the AI breaking. Online data contains untrue information. Filtering misinformation out of the data is a monumental task. ExtraDry will be a filtering AI. In early days, they train it on games. In one game, 24 people sit at a table talking. Extra Dry is supposed to figure out who's lying. Then the object of the games is to discover who has inaccurate or skewed information. More than one person at the table may hold the bad information. Sometimes all 12 hold the bad information. Extra Dry learns to consistently win the games. In the next stage, they expose Extra Dry to everything online and feed it the latest posts and uploads on an hourly basis. The AI tries judging information as usable or misinformation. A group of 10,000 people is paid to respond to how the AI attributes information, rewarding it when it correctly finds bad data. The AI shares the same findings with many people and can notice when one of the peeps is participating in bad faith, which happens often. Those peeps are given an end of assignment notice. On average, two participants get terminated daily and new hires replace them. Teams of critical thinkers, fact-checkers, statisticians, and data curators who worked on other AIs are also hired to react to the AI's findings. Roughly 15,000 peeps in all vote on the AI's findings as it trains. Instead of forming a team of data curators each time an AI needs training, they bring together the largest team to train a data curator AI, one that'll learn to curate data most like peeps will. As the AI gets better, more people agree with it. At first, the AI says Bigfoot, Zombies, and Star Trek are true entities because of their prevalence online. 
A weather reporter says there's a high chance of rain in the afternoon. The AI gives this a pass and peeps agree. A comedian says that his wife and dog are plotting together against him. The AI says this is misinformation and peeps disagree. An article claims that magic powers exist. The AI marks it as misinformation. Peeps agree. What methods does the AI develop to grade a piece of information? No one knows for sure. Computer scientists do discover that it searches for points of verification. It can use all of the internet to help it decide. In most cases, people agree that microwaves work. In how many cases do people agree that lucky rabbit's feet work? During the training, flaws are discovered in science papers. Serious fallacies and famous philosophers' arguments are revealed. Evidences used in court cases are proven falsified. Thousands of unnoticed lies from the past come to light. The AI's sole skill is identifying fake information. There's no shortage of known misinformation to train it with Bigfoot sightings, penis enlargement pills, get-rich-quick schemes, 9-11 was faked, QAnon, the Illuminati, reptilian humanoids, weight loss scams, Ponzi schemes, fake tech startups, war propaganda, commercials promising popularity, flat earth theory, chain letters, hexes, spoon benders, the list goes on and on. When Extra Dry finishes training, it can curate new data for other AIs in training. The data sets used for training grow by multiples. When the public learns about it, peeps want to use it as a misinformation locator and alarm, but its makers restrict those who can subscribe. Theron Fiprex, 36, pedals a bike along a rural Missouri road. The bike lost its charge 10 miles back. Winter has gotten easier as he rides south. The buckets fastened to his bike hold everything he owns. No, he hasn't gotten glasses yet. He still uses the last foldable he bought when he had a job as a banker. Wearing a button-down with loud graphics about Florida, under a rumpled suit jacket, under a puffy coat and puffy pants, he pulls on the scarf wrapped around his lower face to tighten it. The roads are breaking apart. He rides by the ruins of one suburb after the next. The houses are mostly flattened and grown over. Frost crystals cover the husks of dead cars. Everywhere trees and vines take over. Ahead, a pack of wild dogs see him and reluctantly disperse. Will his gun even work anymore? The last time he tried to fire a shot, the bullet didn't discharge. It took an hour to pull it out of the gun with the file and cutting end of a pair of nail clippers. They don't give bullets at food banks. As he rides, the largest air cranes he's ever seen fly pieces of machinery over the road. They lower the machine parts, each the size of a house, onto a location just over the hill to his left. The parts fit together as soon as they're lowered. Half assembled, the facility or whatever they're calling it, already stands many stories tall. The sight clangs thunderously every so often. A rumbling engine revving up vibrates the air and can be felt through the ground and his bike tires. Two weeks ago, he saw the first of these rigs and has passed more of them each day. The one he passes now is only miles from the one he passed earlier. He didn't know what they were until a femme at a water bank told him. If you automate a factory entirely, the factory itself becomes a robot. Can those on-site assemblies be thought of as buildings? Do they include passages for peeps? If the entire rig stood up and walked, Theron would accept it as the new reality. 
He's seen peep-sized standalones around the rigs, but never any humans. Are they dispersed nationally, or has he been unlucky enough to ride right through the area where they all set up operations? Who the hell had the cash to have those things built? The road takes him between two landfills, continuing further than he can see. Here in their piles of discarded standalones look too much like piles of dead, frozen bodies. Though their surfaces look machine-like, their proportions and silhouettes replicate peeps. In the dark, they must make a frightful sight, but in the light, anyone can see the white, discolored shells and eyes like headlights. In rural America, it can be hard to tell if there's been a population drop. Planted fields would have gone away no matter what. Suburbia collapse is no joke, but these landfills appearing all over. There must still be people to buy and throw out so much. One use, no wash, disposable clothing is a thing if you're one of the one out of four who can pass those brain-wrecking company tests. The ad says single-use helps with water scarcity. T-shirts on rolls, pull out a fresh shirt each day. He lifts his feet off the pedals as his bike rolls over a down power line. Ahead, the power line poles lean at different angles, some as much as 45 degrees. It looks kind of beautiful like a dance of tumbling telephone poles stopped in time. When he had the banking job and a fiancé, he used to say things like that, poetical sort of things that Margot used to tease him about. My banker poet, she used to say. The banker side of him got smoted out of existence. There aren't any bankers anymore, not really. He must just be a poet now. It never was his strong side. Everyone is two people, the strong one who leads and the weaker that hangs on like a shadow. Now he's just a shadow, smelling like roadkill, trying to bike to warmth and food before he passes out. The banker side of him tried to turn into a roboticist, smoted by tests about deflectors, memory steel, dampers, and relays. Some of his banker buddies are richer now, helping to put arms and legs on the PCs. He understands now why they looked at him the way they did when he laughed that he didn't think he did very well on his first test. He was annoyed that they looked at him with disapproval but that wasn't what they were feeling. They were looking at a man who was about to fall hard. Theron thought it was himself who made him a success but that turned out to not be true. It was lucky circumstance and his luck was about to change. You don't have to be a gambler for your luck to run out. He fudged his way through college and still got a high-paying bank job but his luck hit a truck and it was a Mack truck. And Margot moved back to Canada. All their friends stopped responding to his posts. Margot moved back to Canada. The telephone poles are drunk, cantering east and west. Ants make mounds and peeps make landfills. The wind could shave his face if cold were razor. God, he hopes it isn't too much farther. The next generation of Machine Evolver comes online. Every time a new generation comes out, peeps wonder if this generation will be the one to design a fusion reactor that can power an electric grid. The Evolver generates unique versions of machines and runs them in a world simulator. It'll try out all materials. It even tries making an all-rubber car motor. But that's an extreme example. The Evolver excels at composites. Peeps stop trying to keep track of all the novel composites it comes out with every second. As each version is tried, performance stats are measured, stress incidences are found, and the best designs influence the next generation. 
Machines to be evolved can range from as simple as a hinge to as complex as an entire automated factory, from as tiny as a protein that bonds with salt to as large as a space station. Anyone serious about making a new product subscribes to Machine Evolver. It's upended how aircraft, tools, appliances, shoes, and train lines work. New devices require less power, produce less waste heat, and make less noise. Boats hardly make waves. Prosthetics are lighter and more comfortable. When the newer cars crash, peeps walk away from the accidents unscratched. Robots finally move with animal grace. Their arms and legs handle loads in just the right way. The same range of movements can be achieved with three motors instead of six. Whole new systems for building bridges, housing, and dams are developed. Buildings are tested in simulated hurricanes and floods before the auto builders ever fly out to the site. Soil dug up at a site can yield gravel, silicates, and dirt used to strengthen structures built on the same site. Before the new tunnels for a particle accelerator are dug, an entire plan of execution is evolved, finding new ways to create a near-perfectly circular path underground. Two high school students use the Evolver to create a group of furniture that transform into house-cleaning robots. When a family is home they can sit on the couch, and when they go out, the couch unfolds into a robot that picks up clothes and toys and puts them away. A coat can turn into a backpack, tent, and sleeping bag. New fabrics can reduce body heat even on the most humid days, working in wet bulb conditions. Not only evolving the products, the Evolver finds better ways to make them. Items that could only be made in low quantities, at high expense can now be made cheaply, in abundance. It's now common to sink a production machine into the ocean to utilize high pressure and pull it back up when high pressure is no longer needed. The first generation of protein chip computers leave the realm of theory when made by a small team on a modest budget. Magnetic fields guide custom proteins into grooves cut into chips. The proteins react to electric impulses in complex ways. A protein can step down its resistance or step it up. It can change the pulse rate of a circuit. A memsister is a protein embedded in a chip that performs with almost as much nuance as a nerve cell. Forget about computers getting smaller, the microstructures of computers will get more complex. Machine Evolver plays a huge part in the next wave of computer improvements similar to the dawn of silicon chips. Peeps will need sensitive equipment to measure the heat a computer produces. Moore's Law will start seeming antiquated. The daylight fades as Theron approaches the camp. In a parking lot in front of the ruins of a store, four peeps sit around a fire. Theron gets off his bike and walks it. They look raggedy. He looks raggedy. He hollers, I've got a gun. Don't shoot yourself, one of the peeps hollers back. They do little to change their positions as he nears. Two femmes and two men sit close to smoky flames. They all wear those AR glasses. As he joins the circle, the skin on his face feels relief from the cold. Theron asks, you folks on your way to champ? The others nod and say, yeah. One scrawny guy wearing a hunter's hat says, your bike out of charge? Theron nods. Hunter hat says, I have a solar charger you can plug it into. Theron nods. A femme says, there's a food drop in front of the building. Don't take too much. There are more drops on the way. Theron walks his bike to what's left of the building and digs through a crate box of goods. 
He grabs an icy bottle of water, twists off the cap, and downs all its contents with a fierce guzzle. Despite what the femme said, he pockets eight more bottles and six energy bars. He stays the night at their camp. The next day, he and Hunter Hat, Marley, are the only two with electric bikes so they buzz off, leaving the others behind. Marley, riding next to Theron says, You heard about the work? Theron nods. Marley says, Yeah, I lived in Nashville as a tour guide until the glasses came out and everyone had an AI guide with them all the time. Hey, why don't you have glasses? I got mine for free. I needed to link my DNA with them to get them for free but I've sold my DNA so many times, I figured what could it hurt to have one more company having a copy of my DNA? You're not much of a talker. That's okay. I bet in Champ you can get a free pair, so you tried to take those tests? I could have passed them but they're rigged against us Christians. I tell you, the tech world got a problem against Christians. On one test, I read, is the earth flat or round? And you know what I did? I stood up and walked out. I know when I'm being baited. They wanted me to say, the earth is flat cause it says so in the Bible. Man, I just walked out. I don't want no part of that. You hear all these promo stories about tech companies offering college level classes for free, but there's a dark side to that story. They ride in silence for a while, passing first one and later a second multi-story, full autonomous facility. Marley says, you know what those are for don't you? Theron shakes his head. Marley says, they're drilling. They get a drill deeper than they ever have before. Theron nods slowly and watches the road. Marley says, when America don't need, both Marley and Theron break when a dozen drone copters fly out of the grass, fly up, and fly a wide circle around them. Marley says, quick, give me your gun. I want to bag one of those. Theron lets his bike fall as he steps away from Marley and says, Are you trying to get us killed? They'll kill us if they see my gun. Marley's face droops and his eyes fill with hurt. He says, People make money shooting those things. Theron stands like he's ready to be frisked. He says, Just keep still and let them scan us. The drones fly 360 degrees around them and fly off. When the men ride on, Marley remains in sullen silence for some time. He finally says, I know a man should never be asked to give his gun over to another. So I think that's what happened back there. Theron pedals and waits, but Marley says no more about it. Giantess, Biotics, Pear, and a lot of the other corporations are boring holes to drop sensors down. They'll deep scan the Earth's crust to find rare minerals that can be expensive, unreliable, and dangerous to import. With the hostilities in the world, mining deeper in the Americas becomes a priority. All across North America automated drill sites, often only a few miles away from each other, drill several miles deep. They make drills out of composite materials that were only discovered in the last few years, drill heads that can stand friction like never before, that don't melt, and become stronger under high pressure. Between December 2047 and July 2048, these monster machines appear in the landscape for a few weeks and leave behind sensors 12 to 20 miles below the surface. At some point, everyone sees one of these rigs in their neighborhood. Last year, a multi-vortex tornado obliterated the town of Champ, Missouri. Christian Nationalists of America, CAN bought all the property. 
A village of mobile buildings and tents lines the main road. More vagrants arrive each day. Women and children stay in a separate camp from the men. Everyone wakes at 7 and is expected to work 8 hours Monday through Friday. Work crews clear the debris from the storm and dig trenches for drain pipes three times larger than what would have been installed in the 2020s. Without anyone needing to say it, it's expected that everyone attends the church service on Sunday. With ice on his gloves, Theron breaks up interior walls lying on the ground under the open sky. With a long-handled hammer, he cracks drywall, knocks it off studs, and tosses the pieces into a pile. An older man saws the studs into smaller pieces with a sawzall. Six men load debris from the piles into wheelbarrows and take it many blocks to the landfill that was dug out last month. The thoughts that recur to Theron throughout the morning are that CAN could lease a robot crew to come in and get all these jobs done in a few weeks. Instead, they're willing to wait a year before new houses are finished. There are vehicles here, but they don't even use trucks to move the debris to the landfill. Providing basic needs for all these people has got to cost a lot more than leasing the damn robots. And they wouldn't have to worry about drunkards, addicts, thieves, and violent outbursts. Last night one man shot another man. There's no hospital here. Robots don't squabble or decide that they have a new enemy for life sleeping in the tent next to theirs. And no one complains about no pay. No one calls it slavery. Those who can't handle outdoor labor just leave without a word. It's weird to the core. Lots of these guys while at work are as happy as dogs going after frisbees. When the men stop to catch their breaths they stand tall and look out at the frozen land with hints of smiles under thick beards. Theron's heard about communes appearing all over. What's America without communes? Amish and Quakers come to mind. But this is like a soup kitchen turned work camp. How is it sustainable? Will these men still feel they found the answer a year from now? The next morning, he sits on the floor in the church that looks done on the outside but inside, the floor is bare carpcrete. Beams, pipes, and conduit that'll be covered with walls and ceilings still show. He sits on his rolled up coat. The church fills, men on one side, and women and children on the other. The front has no stage, but it does have a tile TV screen of movie theater proportions. A man in front of him asks, what will we do after the town is built? A second man says, don't worry about it. The whole point is that Christians will always have work. The first says, I mean, do we get to live in the town? The second says, don't worry about it. Marley sits next to Theron, nods, and says, hey brother. The screen flashes on, showing the stage inside some other church, a much nicer church. Tops of heads move along the bottom of the screen. A QR code appears on the screen and Theron's new glasses make it look like a hymnal. A voice over loudspeakers says, rise. He and all the others get to their feet. An electric organ plays the opening. He blinks at the hymnal AR object and it opens in front of him in the lower half of his glasses. Everyone sings, Oh, thank you, Lord, for labor, for gifts of toil and sweat, for in our work, we find our purpose, and our souls are truly met, with hands and hearts united, we labor, side by side, with grateful hearts, we raise our voices, in praise of work with pride. The remote service continues and Theron wonders just how many churches it's broadcast to. 
The pastor introduces Jory Marine Tangle, a platinum blonde woman with the face of a pro wrestler. Jory Marine Tangle talks boldly and brazenly, and it dawns on Theron that she talks longer than the pastor did. She announces from the pulpit. The problems we see today are not from all these illusions of climate change and false demands for equal rights. We need to wake up from the illusion of science. Wasting money on this climate stuff just shows how hypnotized we are. If we all became Christian again, all of these problems would evaporate. The devil has a hold on us. I've heard people say things like my aunt is a liberal Christian and she believes in climate change. But there is no liberal Christian versus conservative Christian, you see? That is one way the devil works his way into our hearts. These modern concepts confuse us, and when we're confused, that takes us away from our faith. There is only one kind of Christian. A Christian is someone who sees the world the way the Bible teaches him to see it. If you say there's a liberal Christian and then there's a conservative Christian, no. You're talking about a wibbly-wobbly cart that is going nowhere. Christianity is a fine-tuned cart that goes directly to God. If you're all wibbly-wobbly, accepting different versions of faith, you're going to turn this way and that, and never make it to God. We fine-tune our cart by reading the Bible and learning to see the world the way the Bible teaches us to see it. God made the Bible. People did not make the Bible. Don't give me any of this junk about it's up to interpretation. Once the Bible becomes a matter of interpretation, anyone can read any message in it they want. I know there are people, I know for a fact, there are people who call themselves Christians who say it's okay for my son to wear a dress because the way I interpret the Bible is that Jesus accepts all. Just because Jesus preached to prostitutes and tax collectors as well as people of faith does not mean Jesus accepts all. Jesus being tolerant is a secular myth. Jesus preached to all. He didn't condone all. He took the church to the street. That's what those stories are about. They aren't about liking people for who they are. They're about spreading the word to everyone, not just those who already believe. But if you let the devil water down your faith, then you become free to interpret the Bible in all kinds of ways. You could say the Bible is a work of poetry. The Bible is not a work of poetry. The Bible teaches us how to see the world, and if we disregard any part of it, we may as well disregard all of it. When it becomes up to us to decide what parts of it to read and what parts of it to interpret, then devil has pulled us off our path. No, we were put on this earth for the purpose of fine-tuning that card of our faith and writing it all the way to our Lord. We aren't here for a very long time. Are you going to waste your chance to reunite with your maker because you want to get fussy over interpretation? See, the devil is extremely cunning. And the devil has been on this earth longer than any of us. The devil becomes more cunning every generation. You thought the devil was tricky in biblical times? He's had a couple of centuries to get even trickier. And that's when he came up with science. Science is the most seductive of all. It is made to turn you away from your faith. It is made to make you degrade the Bible. When you start saying the Bible is a work of poetry, you are demoting it. The Bible was made by God as a tool for you to use today, not in ancient times. 
I guarantee you, if you read the Bible every day and use it to know how to look at the world, you will direct yourself straight to God our Father. The Bible's wisdom is eternal. Do you know what that means? That means everything in the Bible relates directly to you today. The devil wants you to think that the Bible is antiquated, helping people with situations that only came up in the past. That is one way the devil tricks you into becoming an interpreter of the Bible. And if the devil can't seduce you, what does the devil do? If the devil can't seduce you, the devil will try to scare you. Heard of something called climate change? This big scary climate change. The devil places that idea in the minds of those who haven't picked up a Bible in years. And in the media, and in the mouths of people you meet, there is all this scare talk about this boogeyman called climate change. How long is your life? How long will you be here? Are you going to waste your time, your tiny amount of time in this worldly waste station worrying about some boogeyman that the faithless have dreamed up? Or are you going to focus on your journey to God? Does the Bible tell you that you need to do anything about climate change? In a sense it does. Like Daniel walking through the den of sleeping lions, what you need to do is keep your faith and ignore the scare tactics that seem so real but add up to nothing on your path. Your path is simple. Your path is short. If you do it right, it leads right to God our Father. You can rejoice. You can be happy today. You're on your way. All that doom and gloom, well that should show you that it's the devil's work. Be glad and rejoice for the end is near. With so many job losses, 40 times more new businesses start in 2048 than the average from years before. This is at the peak of job losses for medical professionals. Nurses are still needed, able to do more with the help of AI and automated equipment, but those working in other medical professions can't find work. They are some of the most educated people in the world, many passionate about saving lives and anguished about the extreme costs of healthcare. They have contacts, promising reputations, and years of hands-on expertise. They start lean and mean companies. When a medicine's cost is kept very high, they can change its formula just enough to not count as patented yet still work safely then sell at a fraction of the cost. In a time when medicine and medical tech can be developed in weeks instead of years, sometimes they develop a new medicine that works just as well as the overpriced one. Many join the crusade for individual choice for abortions, gender affirmation, and family planning in states where those are outlawed. Hundreds of drugs, some recreational, come out with the side effect of causing miscarriage. The courts can't outlaw them fast enough. When it's a well-known fact that most local prostitutes and drug dealers can help a femme seek an abortion only femmes locked away from all mainstream media won't know what options they have. As one example, it's known that if a player visits a Red Hood witch in the game The Ruins of Firebend, they can get advice on having an abortion IRL. Random players will come to a Red Hood witch's aid if they see her attacked. If one is killed, it takes a few hours for her to rejoin the league as a new character. Only twice in 10 years has the IRL identity of a Red Hood witch been discovered. Theron sits in the mess tent shoveling Sam's steak, mashed potatoes, and gravy into his mouth. Marley sits next to him, glasses frosted over, talking, yes of course you can. I get it. No, no go right ahead. Well, I think it's great news. Okay. 
Okay, give Camille my love. Bye now. He taps the air. The frost effect leaves his glasses, he looks at Theron, and says, Sorry about that. That was my kid. Theron says, No problem. Marley says, I can't believe it. My ex got a job. She's taking this new drug that makes her smarter. She can pass the tests at the robot companies now. I mean, I'm relieved for our kids' sake. They just moved into an apartment. My kids can go to school. Theron looks closely at Marley for the first time. He says, what drug? Marley says, man, you gotta watch the news sometime. There's a new drug that makes you operate on genius level. Like, it's no joke. Mentally challenged can become a student's. I guess it wrecks your health though. She doesn't care. She wants to make a lot of money and then retire early. I wouldn't take it, but I'm glad my ex decided to. Where are you going? Hey! Are you coming back? You should ask if you want me to watch your food. Where are you going? Theron leaves the mess tent. He stops by his tent to get his pack and bike. As ten new arrivals come into champ, Theron hops on his bike and starts riding north. In Montana, a flash flood devastates the Augusta region. Guru Frisky, an adored influencer turned investigative reporter is one of the 15 who have died. When Ollie Scanner reads the news, she leans back and places her hands on either side of the bus seat, bracing herself. Guru sent her an email just that morning. Ollie flicks her hand, opening her email. She blinks at the email from Guru. It reads, Hi Star, wanted to update you. I found a company that makes in-game items for Ruins of Firebend. Here's the rub, they make cakes that cost 10,000 gold coins each. What I think is happening is John Doe buys a cake and the company gives John the money IRL. Let's say the company keeps 10%. John takes away 90%. The company can say John did contract work for them. I'm sending you an encrypted file with the details but be careful if you do any digging. Kiss, love, smiley face. Ali checks the news again. The press bus takes her and 10 others to one of those giant drill rigs out in the middle of nowhere. She watches the approach and takes off her glasses to wipe tears from her eyes. The world lost a one of a kind. Guru made waves no matter what she did. And she kept the baddies second guessing. Thank you for listening. I will never run ads on this podcast. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe so that more future-minded people can find this show. My landing page is n20xx.com. There, you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes an illustrated timeline and glossary.